0: This is In Ear Insights, the Trust Insights podcast. In this week's In Ear Insights, we're talking about natural language generation and some of the newest capabilities uh, that are available to everybody uh, with what's going on. So, a quick bit of background. For three years now, uh, there have been these uh, models, they're called transformers, just a type of software that have been Used by artificial intelligence researchers to generate language. You give it something, and it's kind of like autocomplete, right? Where if you're you're typing along on your phone, and your phone's going to try and guess the next word. This software does guess the next sentence. Um, And the models have been evolving over time. You know, GPT one was three years ago. GPT two was two years ago. GPT three is this year. Um, And the company putting these things together, consortium called OpenAI has released access to GPT three, but not the model itself, because they, have you know, the usual claims out your proprietary your secret and all this stuff. And so a lot of competing software models, again, other companies trying to, to copy it, um, have been released. And those are the ones that you can test out and, and and run. And so where we are today is we now have a plethora of models to choose from, again, different pieces of software to create language, and instead of auto completing a word, or a sentence they're now starting to do things like paragraphs or entire documents. And that's the thing that I think is so fascinating has such strong implications for marketing. So Katie, when I talk about a model like, for example, GPT, six, J, um, what are you? What's your first inclination?
1: I understood the word plethora. And then everything else went over my head. Um, no, I understand, you know, the concept of the autocomplete based on, you know, things you have previously typed. And so that's where, as a marketer, I would need it broken down into what does this mean for me? How do I implement something like this? How does this change my daily job function besides, you know, my text messages to my group text, you know, suddenly getting you know, smarter or more, or more savvy or smarter than I am. Um, you know, what does this mean for me as a marketer? And so, while I find GPTVJ2QR whatever it was <laughs> interesting, do I need to understand the mechanics of it, or do I just need to understand how it impacts me in the immediate?
0: Yeah, it it. it it's what and how it impacts you and, and more important, how it's going to impact uh, the people that you do business with, right, and and what things that what's going to change for their business. So let's do an example, because I think an example probably would help illustrate this, I'm going to go ahead and I've pulled up a press release. So this is from scission. Um, this mm-hmm. is a press release. And I'm going to take a few uh, lines of text here. I'm going to go over to this the, the the model six here.
1: I'm
0: going to put this in and say run this model. And what this software is going to do is it's going to read everything that is in the first few paragraphs of this press release, mm-hmm. right? And this goes on and on and on and on and on as press releases do. And it's going to attempt to infer what would the rest of this press release be about, right? Um, and try to figure out. Could it write the rest of it? So you have the chainmail grill brush, the upset grill pro, <laughs> um, the chainmail grill brush pictured. So it's starting to essentially try to autocomplete what the rest of this pl- uh, release should have said. Let me pull up another example. This is one I did yesterday. Uh, whoops! There we go. Uh, so this is one that was a about uh, trees. So trees in uh, and, and how it affects your plumbing. And the rest of this release goes on and on and on as as they do. And the revised version we can see here in the second half is ways to avoid plumbing problems include having tree roots be placed five feet from your bottom your home planting fruit trees away from 12 feet away from your home, um, keeping mulch down so that tree roots don't go down as deep into the soil. And when you compare it to the second half of the actual release, I actually kind of like the one the machine generated better because it's more helpful, It makes more sense. Oh, these are things I should be doing to not ruin the pipes that go into my house with you know, tree roots, ripping them up. And so from a marketing operations perspective, this is helping us essentially do the first draft on marketing copy. And it's not always uh, perfect, or not, sometimes not even great. Sometimes you get salad. Um, but with each generation of model, the occurrences of salad, Get less and less and less.
1: So, how, without getting too deep into the technical weeds, you fed it two paragraphs from a press release that was already written. How does it know where to take it next? Is it pulling from? Um, so, I'm assuming what I know about AI is that you know it can only pull from what it knows. So, it was obviously fed other data in order to pull from. So, is it going into its You know, large, vast database of other content and looking for, okay, what content do I have on grills? Because that seems to be the prevalent keyword. Or what content do I have on trees and plumbing? Because those seem to be the prevalent keywords and pull out what I know.
0: Exactly right. So the way, so where it is where this particular model and that's, that's actually a really important question is where does where did this uh, thing get its data from the mm-hmm. in the white paper that these folks released? Um, there's this thing called the common crawl, which is essentially a crawl of a massive number of websites, PubMed, which is the medical archive, uh, archive.org, which is uh, papers, academic papers, GitHub, free law, stack exchange, uh, the Patent and trademark office, uh, Project Gutenberg, which is of books, subtitles from TV shows, so you can see this, this is this massive, massive corpus of text that they've pulled data from uh, that helps it understand. Like you were saying, infer the subject, and then look to see what are the things that it knows from books. Three is is uh, a huge corpus of public domain and and you know, copy. Uh, copyright released books. So when it pulls up something like plumbing, it can look in those books and say, Okay, well, what things do I know about? What's actually very interesting about this particular academic paper that I thought was very nice is that in the appendix, they also tell you what is not included. So they've uh, specifically excluded some things that that they said they don't want in the model because it causes problems. Uh, For example, fan fiction. uh, Yeah, the congressional record, etc.
1: I find it interesting that Wikipedia is included um, because I personally don't find Wikipedia to be a a quote unquote credible source. The reason and sort of a quick anecdote was because um, I have this friend who was responsible for updating Wikipedia for clients. And so he took it upon himself to include a Wikipedia uh, entry for his dad was just a regular guy and wrote this whole article about how his dad invented peeps which was not true but wikipedia took the information and now it lives out there as something that is internet true i guess Mm -hmm. um and so i i have a little bit of pause when i see that wikipedia is one of the sources of information Mm -hmm. the other ones pubmed all those other um abstracts That all makes sense to me because I know this the methodology behind vetting that information. But Wikipedia to me stands out as the hmm, is that really the best source of information?
0: Yep, I would actually argue a common crawl also uh, falls into the category too because Mm -hmm. common crawl incorporates the extraction of data from places like Google News and things, and there are plenty of news sources that are not sharing truthful news. (laughs) You know, without getting too political, there's a whole bunch of things like, Yeah, that's not actually true. Um, But part of the reason that these sources are included is because they contain well structured language. Um, So Mm. understanding and being able to predict what's the next word, you know, the logical word in a sentence would be uh, something that these sources would be helpful for even if they're factually not true. Because one of the things about language generation is that the outputs are not supposed to be factually true. They are supposed to make linguistic sense. So, when we craft, for example, a uh, a piece of fiction or a blog post, we will still have to edit it. You and I will still have to edit it to make sure that it, what it's saying is factually correct. It will just mm-hmm. mean less editing of language, or just, you know, in, in the case of some folks I know, uh, just not staring at a blank page, going, I don't know what to write about this topic.
1: Mm, that makes sense. And I think that understanding that nuance is going to be super helpful in terms of implementing a technology like this into something like your content marketing program. So I think that there's the assumption that, well, if AI can write for me, then I'm out of a job, I no longer have to create original content. Nope, you still have to edit it, make sure that it's factually correct. AI might get you to a place where you have a grammatically correct piece of content. But the information might be a whole bunch of lies. And so that's where <laughs> <laughs> that's where that human judgment piece and that always goes back to will AI take my job? The answer is no, your job is just gonna look different. I am um, definitely one of those people where I would have an easier time editing something than I would starting from scratch. And so that would be helpful to me if I could say, I wanna write about you know, process development, but I don't even know where to start, but the AI could get me started. And then I'd be like, okay, now I know where to take this information, that would be something as a marketer, that would be super, super helpful in kickstarting the writing process.
0: Exactly. And that, and that I think is where there's a lot of value to what these these things can do, again, with the understanding that they're not perfect, uh, and that there can be uh, some pretty substantial issues with it. Uh, but it's a good starting point. So you know, for fun, uh, we can take something that you said in a previous episode, and we put that in and say, try to create something new from this. And you can give these prompts, like write a thing about this, or in, in my case, if you're working on a blog post, and you're not sure what to say next, put in what you've written so far, it will do an autocomplete. And then you say, Yeah, that makes sense. Or Oh, no, I wanted to write about that instead. And you know, to your point, it, it is um, useful. It, this could be used, um, like so. Here it actually it interprets what you were saying because of the way you were using language as an interview because this is <laughs> d- directly copied from our podcast, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> that is, I'm like, I don't know any of these people, I don't know who <laughs> Kevin Ballen is or Victor Farsick. Sure, neither do I,
0: neither do I. But you can see that it picked up on the language pattern. Of Uh a a podcast and look for try to construct more similar text. So it it doesn't understand thematically what we were talking about, but it does (laughs) understand the language type we're working with.
1: That's really interesting because I'm looking at that, I'm like, well, I can't use that. And so that to me says, okay, so either we're not using the right content to model off of, or there's some heavy editing that would need to be done in place, which again, is that human uh, interaction with the AI. Now, the more is this one of those things where for you personally, for your account, the more that you use it on your content, the more it starts to understand your writing style? Or is it just sort of generic for everybody, everybody kind of gets the same output? Like, does it learn about you specifically? Or is it just learning in general?
0: in these uh, pre trained models that have been released. um, These are the generics. These are the things that have been large, just put out there. If you because this, this particular model is available on GitHub, you can actually import it and bring it into like your own machine learning instance, you can then do what's called fine tuning, where you upload your blog posts, your podcasts and things. And then it Yes, it starts to learn and tune against the things that you provide. And the more things you provide it, obviously, the the faster it begins to train and, and expect certain types of language that you would use that, you know, maybe the mm-hmm. general model wouldn't find as appropriate.
1: That's interesting. And so that then, so if I'm, if I'm a marketer, which I believe I am, some days, um, if I wanted to bring something like this into my team into my practice, <clears> what are the things that I need to you know, be aware of? What are my business requirements for bringing something like this into my practice?
0: You need a machine learning engineer that is fluent in Python, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you need a machine learning instance of some kind, like Google Colab, for example. Uh, we have a a, a ten dollar month plan with them, mm-hmm. and you import this code, and you have your engineer essentially copy the model and set up fine tuning, and then you and your engineer work together to say, "I need." copies of emails, I need copies of white papers and webinars and transcripts and things to to give it to the model to fine tune. And then they run this and you know, they, they tune up the model. At that point, you've essentially created a new model that's tuned more to you, and you keep refining it and tuning. it. And over time, obviously you spit back what the, the it spits back the things more of the things that you want to see. But in terms of what you need up front, you need that machine learning instance, the tools. And yeah. um, You need the ingredients, which is the data, and you need the chef, the the person to actually make the thing.
1: Is there a version of this that exists where I could just literally navigate to a website, paste my stuff in, and then get that back? Or I really have to have that machine learning instance? Like, could could are there companies that host this where I could just sign up for an account?
0: They're starting to be um, certainly like our friends over at Market Muse um, Mm -hmm. offer a similar capability, but for the for the building that truly customized model to you, you kind of have to have it running in your own instance because even for SaaS companies, um, they will have data that is across their client base, they will not be able they could not afford to maintain the computational costs of a a model an individual model for every single company, they might have models that are tuned to an industry like our healthcare clients will use this model, our B2B tech companies will use this model. And honestly, if you know, for like PR companies, uh, PR firms and ad firms and stuff like that, um, that's Gonna be part of the roadmap for them for the future if they want to survive, is they will have to have the ability to offer custom, at least industry-tuned models for for this mm-hmm. sort of thing. But yeah, if you want something that's you, you gotta make it for you.
1: Got it. Um, no, it's and I was thinking about, you know, some of our PR friends who all they do is you know, create blog content and press releases. And so it sounds like if they don't have the capabilities themselves, then they should be looking for partners like Trust Insights, who could build that infrastructure for them, and generate that content to pass off to them to give to their team to edit, um, which I think would make a lot of sense. So it sounds like, if you don't have the capabilities, you should start looking for a partner that does so that you don't fall behind in terms of where the industry is going with creating original content, churning out content, we were talking last week on the podcast, um, or a couple of weeks ago, I don't remember now time is sort of irrelevant, um, about how the changes to Google search engine are going to impact SEO. And having all of that sort of 360 contextual content around a topic, is really what's gonna set you up for success with people being able to find you and you staying at the top of the search results. Well, in order to do that, you need to be able to create that content. In order to create that content, you need to have the resources. And if you're lacking on resources, which we know a lot of teams are right now, you need to have something like this AI paragraph autocomplete system in your back pocket in order to keep up with the demand. And so it sounds like there's a lot of things that would need to happen First thing I would do is start looking for a partner that could help me.
0: I would say there's actually even a step zero before that, which is people. And, and you know, the the more savvy PR professionals do this already. Uh, people should be curating the content that they think is best in class, whether it's mm-hmm. theirs, whether it's their clients, whether it's competitors, you know, if you have a library of, you know, these are the blog posts that did really well in our industry, these are the press releases that actually got somebody to click on them. These are the, the top performing YouTube videos and the associated transcripts, you don't need Uh, an engineer. And it's actually frankly, a waste of their time to help curate and pull together that library of this is the best of the best that represents what we want to be the kind of content we want to create, have that compiled, so that when you do get to the point of either bringing it in house, hiring an agency, uh, you know, hiring a machine learning engineer, whatever, you have that corpus of materials that says this is what I want. And Mm -hmm. they can it will drastically shorten the amount of time it will take to get that thing up and running. Because otherwise, you know, as with any of these models, they're only as good as the data you feed them. So if you were having to wait for, you know, a new white paper every quarter, it's gonna be a long time before you, mm-hmm. that model spits out something that's that's usable. On the other hand, if you feed it, you know, a 1000 white papers from your industry that all are, are relevant and important. Like you will, it will speed up the development of that model really fast. So, kind of the that step zero is already be aggregating that content. And I know some folks do that because, you know, they want to be able to train their teams and say, like, this is what we expect you to create.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So it really becomes more of a research project first, um, to put all of that together into one place and you know, something that john and I will be talking about on an upcoming live stream is how to research efficiently. And, you know, first and foremost, it's, you know, knowing what it is that you want to accomplish. And so you're not just going down that black hole of googling around all these different topics. But you know, Chris, your point about that step zero, it's really, what do we want our tone and message and branding to be? When we're publishing content, even when we're doing it on behalf of a client, it still has to have our stamp on it. That's why they came to us to write for them in the first place.
0: Exactly right. Think about this: the model is the cooked dish, right? To make a dish, you need a recipe, you need ingredients, you need tools, and you need a a a chef, someone with skills, right? So that that all that data that you collect, all those ideal things, um, all those that corpus, that's your ingredients. Mm-hmm. Your recipe is the the GPT pre trained instance, your tools are things like Python and Google Colab. And then the, the chef is going to be that combination of the machine learning engineer, and probably a subject matter expert, because you're going to they're, they're going to have to in, you know, depending on how specialized you are, they are going to have to look at things and, and to tell you does this pass even pass a sniff test, like if this thing spits out a press release, and you don't have the experience to know, for example, you know, if, they, if it spits out something about viruses and talks about spike proteins, and you know, ACE2 uh, receptors, that subject matter expert has to look at it and go, uh-uh, that, that that makes absolutely no sense. You as the layperson will probably not know, you know, the difference between a furin spike and an ACE2 uh, receptor, the expert can say, that's right, that's not right. And then you can help retrain the model.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't know the difference between those two things. so I would need an expert to help me. But I think that that's also an important distinction is that, you know, you need to understand the content that's coming back to you. And that goes back to doing your upfront research, you know, so it's not a shortcut in terms of well, I was assigned a topic that I don't know anything about. So let me just have the AI do it. Well, that doesn't help you if you still don't don't know what the topic Consists of because then you have no way to edit it other than to make sure that it's grammatically correct. It could still be full of lies.
0: Exactly, exactly. So <clears throat> we are closer. I would say we are one step closer to the marketing singularity in the sense of uh, you know machines doing more stuff that and and taking lower value tasks off our plates. But to your point. This is not a replacement for people. Uh, This is not a replacement for expertise. Uh, This Mm -hmm. is an augmentation to help speed things up. Uh, But it will—I well, I certainly would not just put uh, prompted here and then just immediately copy and paste it to my blog. That would be a recipe for disaster.
1: (laughs) I would agree with that. And so, if you're interested in learning more, or you're looking for a partner to help you, or you just have general questions you know you know where to find us you can find us in our slack group at trustinsights.ai/analytics for marketers uh, find us on our website trustinsights.ai hit up our contact form or find us on social media at trustinsights uh on most channels
0: yep all right well we'll uh, hope that you have some fun uh, building things and we'll talk to you next time Need help making your marketing platforms, processes, and people work smarter? Visit trustinsights.ai today and learn how we can help you deliver more impact.